Hi, and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a Senior Director with DaVita University. And I'm Doug Miller, a Master Coach and DaVita University faculty member. Today, we get to chat about leading with empathy with Shaquilla Robinson-White, a Group Vice President for Team Galaxy, which is the name we give our operating group that spans across Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, and a small portion of Arkansas. Welcome, Shaquilla. Well, hi, Grace and Doug. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. Shaquilla, it's so awesome having you on. We're really grateful to have some time to spend with you. And and we, I love that we get to spend uh, time talking about leading with empathy. So let's start with how do you define empathy and why do you think it's so important for leaders to lead with it? Yeah, so I think of empathy, um, there's three components for me, Doug. One, I believe that you first need to seek to understand. And that to me is you bringing the head to the matter. Like I really want to understand what's going on for this individual. And the second is for me to bring some heart or emotion. Like how do I start to feel what they feel in that moment as we're discussing what's going on for them. And the third for me is really key. It's the hands piece. It's what action. So I now have sought to understand. I now am feeling and can um, own some of the emotion and what now do I want to do about it? And that's the hands piece and the action. Hmm. And then to answer the second part of your question, why is this important? It's important for me because empathy is a way to connect with my teammates. And when we connect with our teammates in the way, in terms of showing them empathy, we're showing them that we value them. And that's the primary reason. And there's a key byproduct of it that when our teammates feel valued, they are more engaged. And we know that more engaged teammates also drive greater performance. And for us, that's taking great care of our patients and also how they show up with each other as a team. So that's, you know, the primary reasons for, you know, why empathy is so important. Shaquilla, I love the way you talked about it in head, heart, and hands. And as you know, in the village, uh, we we do use head, heart, and hands a lot to describe how we want um, our teammates to um, to to connect and um, for leaders to lead using their head, heart, and hands. So um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, defining empathy. I know some people can can maybe have a hard time understanding the difference between the concept of empathy and the difference with sympathy. And so I'm curious from your perspective, what do you see as the difference between empathy and sympathy? And why do you think that's important for us to know? Yes, you know, I actually struggled with the definition of these two several years back. Um, And for me, the key difference between sympathy and empathy is that third point I just mentioned is around hands and action. When you sympathize with someone, I seek to understand and I feel for you, but I stop at that moment of feeling. When Mm. I truly empathize, I want to take it to the next level and say, what actions or what can I do to try to change that situation or make something better? So it's truly bringing the hands piece that differentiates empathy from sympathy. Yeah, I I love that way of thinking about it, Shaquilla. Um, 
in one way that I think about it is, am I just feeling sorry for them, which then would be, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just sitting there feeling sorry for that person versus empathy of extending and in, in, in getting into action to do something. And I'm wondering if you could share an example of this, perhaps a time when someone led you with empathy rather than sympathy. Yes, I actually have a very recent example, and one is very personal to me. Um, it actually happened several months back, right after um, the George Floyd incident. Um, for me, I was definitely feeling some um, energy around it, particularly as you know a black woman and as a leader in Davida, a senior leader. Um, I wanted to reach out to my peer group and also to my boss and just share that if I'm having these emotions and trying to work through this, then our teammates and their teammates in their lanes may be feeling the same way. And the phrase I use is that many may not be saying anything, but we're not okay. Mm -hmm. We're just not okay. Mm -hmm. And if they could lean into that and check in and seek to understand what's going on for those teammates who just may not be okay and really try to see then what can they commit to and bring to the table. And the example that's personal to me is that um, my boss, who happens to be our COO, leaned in for me. And one of our check-ins right after that note, he created enough space in our conversation to just check in on me and how things were going for me and the family. Um, he really desired to seek to understand. Like, he was very amazed that, you know, Lewis, you know, just like, um, he's he's athletic and he has to think about what he's going to wear to run. And for Mike, he's like, that's just crazy that you have to think about being intentional to just go out and do a run. Um, and then we talked about what could he do. And I said, you know, start with your circle. Can you influence your circle? Help them understand some of the things I just shared with you, um, with your family and your friends, your community and your church. And Mike committed to that. And actually, several weeks later, he followed up even on a national call and shared how he had started those conversations. So for me, he he valued me as a human being, not just as a senior leader in DeVita. And I appreciate that he followed through on his commitment to just start with some action, which was influencing his circle. I love that example, Shaquilla. And it's and um, it sounds like it really had a big impact on you, the fact that your boss showed empathy in that moment. Um, could you say just a little bit more about that? Like, how did you feel after um, that connection with him? Yeah, I would actually say I feel more connected to him than I did, you know, prior to. And we all had, we had a good relationship. You know, Mike is a very caring boss, but this was him not um, addressing something that was going on in the business or how something in the business impacted me. This is all outside of DeVita and that he took time to say, let's just pause and check in on you personally. Um, I hear you. I see you. And I want to seek to understand. And I know that I, I, I may not have experienced everything that you've gone through, but because I care for you, I want to, you know, be in, be in that emotion with you. Um, so it made me feel very valued. And I think, like I said before, it's so important that no matter what level you're in in an organization, you want to feel valued, you know, for your work and you want to feel valued just as a human being. And that made a huge difference for me and I think allowed us to deepen our relationship. That's great. I, while you were sharing that, it kind of gave me goosebumps and it must have been such a powerful feeling for you at the time. And um, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I'd love to hear now about when, as for you as a leader, 
when uh, was a time in your life when maybe you did not lead with empathy? You know, before you really kind of got how to do this well, or maybe even like at times now where you feel like, oh, I got to turn that switch back on. What was uh, the impact of you not leading with empathy? And, and what did you learn from that? Yeah, so I'll share a personal one. Um, I don't know about you, but I have my mom fails at times. So um, this one is at the start of the pandemic. Um, my daughter's school, my daughter is an 11, so a t- she's 11. She's a tween. She was in fifth grade, so finishing up the last year of elementary. And, of course, the pandemic hits, and her school goes virtual. So literally overnight, um, she's cut off from friends. She They were going to celebrate, you know, the last two months of school because, you know, they're the fifth graders. They're there, you know, in quotation marks, the seniors of their school. So she was quite excited, and it all went away. And... You know, I didn't have an appreciation for what she was going through because I was applying the lens of what I was going through with. I'm like, we're taking care of patients and trying to provide life saving care. And she was in this very moody place where everything was just negative. And I finally just said, you know what? You have all the snacks in the world. You have your iPad, your phone. You have everything. You're outside. You're playing. You really need to, like, you know, change your attitude. Mm -hmm. And it was my mom who called me on it. She's like, you need to put yourself in the shoes of an 11-year-old girl and what she's going through. And for her, this is like life-changing. Like, this is like the end of the world. She's been cut off from friends. She's not celebrating being like the top dog at school. And um, she's missing out on her graduation and her award ceremony. And I was like, you know, that's Mm -hmm. very fair feedback. And it allowed me to take a step back And to even share where I was with my husband and say, okay, how can we better support her in this? Um, We're pretty strict, so we allow no social media, but we were like, let's at least allow her to get the phone numbers of several friends and start to FaceTime and interact with friends because she's only seeing her four-year-old brother and he is a little bit of a pain. So um, (laughs) we started to take actions like that and make sure she had a a, a summer camp that would be interactive socially, virtually. So we, we really wanted to lean in and support her. But it was one where I truly had missed empathy and I had to really um, rethink my position with her. Yeah, it can be super hard to to do to remember to be empathetic. It reminds me of that phrase we use in the village. Sometimes it's easy to be mindful. It's just really hard to remember to be mindful. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. And uh, all of us parenting through this pandemic, I think, can really appreciate what you're saying and probably have had our, I know I've had my moments right alongside there with you. Um, let's shift now and, and tell us about a time when in your life when you did lead with empathy and what was the impact on you and the other person that you were leading there? Yeah. So um, this one actually starts off with me not leading with empathy and learning to lead with empathy. So I'll share that example. Um, several years back, I received the 360 and um, I got the benefit of 360 is all the feedback you receive. And some of the feedback, uh, particularly from some of my um, newer teammates, were um, that they were not feeling very connected to me. And actually the words they were using is that um, our interactions feel very transactional with Shaquilla, um, not Mm -hmm. inspiring or transformative. And I was like, wow, because I do pride myself on being a leader that leads with heart and, and seeking to inspire And when I took time to let the feedback truly sink in and be reflective, 
I I was like, they're right. I have not taken the time to really understand their life journey or even their work journey at this point. We were in a very much a get stuff done mode, which we know we love to do at DeVita, the GSD mode. And so I was making a lot of asks, but not pausing to create space to just say, you know, how are things going for you personally? And how are things going, you know, within your work lane? So I did. I started to pause and to extend some of my one-on-ones to create more of that space and to actually use some of them to not even do a business check-in, to just do a check-in on the individual. And I did get some feedback over time that that made a huge difference, um, that some teammates were like, hey, I feel more connected to you than I ever have. Um, I feel like you care about me as a person. I feel valued. And I think it's really important because I what I believe is that um, in in showing empathy and showing someone that you value them, you're transferring some positive energy. And then that energy then gets transferred in other ways. And I think that's why um, I've seen individuals be able to rally their teams. Um, so I, I go back to it was a lesson learned for me because I'm like, wow, I started to see even better performance in, it, in my group when I started to take the time to do something that we wouldn't think about that's non-business to just check in on teammates and see how they're doing. It reminds me of how we talk about spreading ripples in, in our village, and it starts with you, right? Us, me, you, <laughs> and, and how many ripples can you create because of uh, the way you lead. That's wonderful. And I, this next question connects to what you were just sharing there about, about uh, being experienced as transactional versus transformational. So I'd love to hear, um, have you ever had a situation where you felt you had to choose uh, between leading with empathy and getting stuff done and like kind of having to make a conscious choice. And so how do you navigate that for yourself and for the team? Yes, Grace, I'm actually smiling at you because this one comes up constantly. Um, and it's one I tell teammates that asking to get stuff done and asking people to do hard stuff can coexist with empathy. And so what do I mean by that? Um, you know, there are times when we need to do the right thing for our patients or the right thing for our teammates, and sometimes the right thing just for the business operationally. And these things are not always easy. They're a new initiative. There may be a lift to it. And for me, I first start with, okay, is, are, am I asking the team to do the right things? And if I land on this is the right thing to do for the, the teammate, the patient, the business, I'm like, yes. And, you know, I get super clear on the why behind it. And once I'm clear on the what and the why, I then go to the how. And that's where empathy shows up. And it is that in that how of trying to understand if the ask is of, for example, our facility administrators, you know, our teammates who lead our clinics, who have a lot going on for them. How am I thinking about when this initiative happens, how is it going to land for them? Have we been thoughtful about their time commitment? So am I ensuring that it's as streamlined as possible? Have I thought about the emotional impact it's going to have for them? And therefore, am I proactively addressing those questions for them? So when I take a step back, I truly feel that the two can coexist. But it's usually the empathy part that we all forget. We start driving initiatives and making things happen. And we forget the how, and it's the how that I think is probably the most powerful and impactful in terms of when we're 
really asking for things that could be challenging or difficult for a team to process. It's such a such an important point. And I wonder if we could just drill down one more layer here and explore as a leader of leaders, um, how do you end up coaching others to lead with empathy? So in that dynamic, in this operationally driven company where we do focus on getting things done so much, how do you balance that? How do you lead? How do you coach others to lead with empathy? Yes. So when I'm coaching others, I always start with we need to seek to understand, and that can only happen if you create the space. There's the physical space, but also the mental space for yourself to seek to understand. Um, you know, an example that may make this more real is um, at times we have teammates who we call flight risk. So at some point, someone has notified us that this teammate is thinking about leaving Davida, and a le- you know, people start reaching out to leaders to reach out to this to, to the teammates. And what I found is sometimes these conversations do not go well because we don't bring empathy. A lot of times mm-hmm. we want to be defensive and not seek to understand because if someone is leaking, is if someone is looking to leave, they're looking to leave for a reason. So we mm-hmm. should seek to understand that reason versus being defensive about it. So I coach teams to let's not be defensive about it. Let's not think of it from our lens. Let's think of it from that teammate's lens because it's their truth. And let's just hear what they have to say. And then after we seek to understand and really let it um, resonate for us and understand it from their perspective, then what can we do to maybe address their concerns so that we can save that teammate? But it really does start with the seeking to understand in that space. But the space has to be not just physical. It has to be that I have an openness and a willingness to try to understand and some of the wording that I say you could, that I coach people to use is, um, you know, can you tell me more? I would really mm-hmm. like to understand this better. Um, I always talk about, can you give me some more color? Because people give you kind of the outline of something initially, but I'm like, can you color that in for me? And then just also saying, I can understand how that could be frustrating, like acknowledging the emotion and the feeling that they may be having around the situation. So that's another way that I've been trying to coach teammates when they're having some of these conversations. Oh, that's great. I thank you for providing those examples, because I think sometimes when we say, hey, uh, I want to do empathy. I just don't know how to do it (laughs) or what does that look like? And so thanks for painting that picture for us about some phrases that we could use and um, and questions we can ask. All right, Shaquilla, it is about that time. We end all of our episodes the same way by asking our guests to to share one practical tip. So what's one um, tip, if you could narrow it down, for our listeners to try right away to lead with empathy. Okay, Grace, I'll leave you with more of a tactical tip so that really right now, before they hang up on this podcast, they could do it is just reflect which of your teammates have you not had a non-business conversation with in a while. Visualize that person and then right now before you hang up, go ahead and schedule time for them and schedule enough time to create the space that we've been talking about to do a true check-in on them personally, outside of DeVita, but also within the village and what's going on for them. And so that would be my tip um, to at least start the journey of like showing empathy to um, one of your teammates. 
I love that tip. Thank you so much. So clear. And I, I know that most of our listeners aren't even listening to me right now because they are in their calendar scheduling that appointment <laughs> to check in. So thank you so much, Shaquilla, for spending some time and sharing your insights. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Shaquilla. Well, thanks, Doug and Grace. It's been fun this morning. appreciate the time. Well, that was an enlightening episode with Shaquilla. I loved Mm -hmm. her tip at the end, too. Think of a teammate with whom you have not had a non-business check-in and just take the time to understand what's going on in their life. Create the time and space for that. Like actually create an Outlook appointment and put (laughs) it on your calendar kind of thing, right? Like I love, she's like, stop what you're doing right now and open up your Outlook and make that appointment Couldn't be cooler. So completely agree. Speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Jason and Jenna on motivating others. And Jason's tip was to recognize your teammates. um, And one way to do that is right at the start of meetings. And then Jenna's tip is to not be shy in recognizing someone's power. So um, what I have to say, Grace, is that it's been awesome I feel like our team does this really well in that we have this agreement around holding the rope for each other. And we start Mm -hmm. all of our meetings by acknowledging each other in how we've held the rope or someone's held the rope for someone else. And it just um, does that. So we have, we start our meetings. So that makes it really easy for me to be able to acknowledge people right at the start of meetings. And then Jenna's, you know, Jenna's tip was, is it interesting for me to reflect on? And, And what I would say is that I am bringing more attention and intensity to making sure that everybody that's in the meeting is given an opportunity to uh, to have a voice and to share their perspective and to get engaged. And um, so I have, you know, in the past, I think I may have gotten caught up in just dealing with a couple of people and interacting with a couple of people. And I've had to stop myself recently and really take a look at, am I really creating space for everybody um, to share, share what they have and to engage and to, you know, recognize the power that they have to contribute. That's really great, Doug. And thanks for sharing how you have applied both tips. That's, that's really awesome. And for our listeners out there, we would love to hear your stories as, and tips as well. Please check out our show notes and click on the listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, we ask every time, please do click that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. And one last thing for our listeners, Grace, if you enjoy these podcasts, please, 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 please rate us on iTunes or check on the survey link in our show notes so that we can know how we're doing and look for ways to improve and better, you know, provide content that's going to be engaging and interesting to you. So... Uh, See you all next week. Uh, One for all. All for one.